Hey everyone, Dave DeBo here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, a big treat. We've got a very, very astute real estate entrepreneur who's got tons of experience with that, along with martial arts, which is an interesting combination. So let's say a big welcome to Sensei Gilliland. How are you doing today, Sensei? Hey, hey Dave. Pretty well, thanks. And I appreciate you having me on the show to share a little bit of insight on real estate investing with, with your followers. Well, that is well. So first things first, I know reading your bio, your background, your original background is in martial arts. You were top-notch martial arts training academies, actually more than one. You had a number of them. Still do. You still do. So you're still do. a multiple business entrepreneur. How'd you get into the whole weird and wonky world of real estate investing? <laughs> well, you know, right out of high school, I opened up my first martial arts studio and built them up to 11. We're going on uh, 33 years of business now. But during that time, right around almost the mid-90s, I realized that, yeah, I love martial arts. It's great to make a living. I work part-time. I get paid like a full-timer, but it's not enough to build up a retirement. And so I also had my days and mornings free because... You know, martial art programs and fitness programs always are after school and evening for the adults. And I needed to fill up my time. So I started seeking out other businesses and figuring out what do I want to do. And I was actually looking at coin-op car washes. And uh, sum this up real quick, I I love the coin-op car wash profile because it's hands-off, it's residual income. You hire a senior citizen at that time for a couple hours to clean up the lot and fill up the soaps and such. And really a cash basis. But when I'm learning about coin-up car wash, there's a concept that I didn't understand, and that was the process of real estate. Do I lease? Do I buy? Do I build the suit? What the heck does this mean? What does zoning mean? I had no idea. But here, after diving in and figuring out the real estate part of it, I figured out this one thing, Dave, and that is that real estate controls all businesses. And then I switched gears and said, you know what? I don't need to be in the car wash business. I need to be in the real estate business. And from there, that's when we all started taking off here, Black Belt Investors. Very, very cool. So, you know, a lot of people will say, well, geez, if you've got 11 martial arts academies, that seems like good cash. should probably be pretty good cash flow. I yeah. don't know, today in COVID, yep. COVID situation, but in, in normal times for sure. How are you able to? juggle 11 different martial arts academies <laughs> plus you know actively investing plus teaching training coaching people yeah, you yeah. got a lot to go man yeah that's something that was a learning lesson on my behalf because being young right out of high school through college you know I already had my businesses and professors are teaching me about uh, you know these different courses and I'm thinking to myself you know what I'm making more money than the professor what am I sitting here in college because college is not my thing I'm more of a hands-on type of guy. Uh, I got into martial arts doing okay to doing very well. And then I pick up real estate and okay, martial arts in the evening afternoon program, real estate in the morning, early afternoon. I can juggle that. That's not a problem. I got to the point where the martial arts started growing and the real estate started growing. And I am a guy that's wearing all these different hats. I've got, you know, the receptionist hat on, the secretary hat, the marketing hat on, the deal analysis hat on, the president hat, because that's what it says on my business card. I'm the president right there, but I'm doing all these jobs. Well, I learned that there's an old saying in the Bible. Of course, it's old throughout the Bible, right? It says, you got to delegate jobs. <laughs> Moses couldn't do everything, delegate jobs. And that's where I had to train myself to do that because I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to doing work. 
And so I ended up branching off and and, uh, delegating jobs pretty much under my own umbrella. And then when the internet got big, virtual assistants. Got a lot of VAs spread out in in the United States and abroad over in the Philippines, Spain, and India as well. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the key there, isn't it? Yeah. So, Sensei, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your real estate investing business looks like? What's your main bread and butter thing that you do with real estate? Yeah. Well, you know, Black Belt Investors has three arms to the business. First and foremost is investment opportunities. We provide investments to clients that either want to fix and flip or buy and hold. By far, it's the buy and hold investor that we service. The other part is education. We have nine different educational courses teaching them either to how to build a real estate business or how to build a rental portfolio. And then thirdly is consultation. We manage portfolios. So it's education, consulting, and investment opportunities. For us... The investment opportunities, is that more like wholesaling or... or Yeah. So I'm a wholesaler at heart. I started the business, my very first fix and flip in 1995, remotely. I'm in Southern California. My property was in Fort Myers, Florida because I couldn't afford to buy in Southern California. Anything that we bought here for the same house in Florida, we had to add an extra digit to that number. So uh, I started out somewhere where, okay, people are buying and selling and it's affordable in my pocket. And I did it traditional way, just like you read in, you know, all the books or listen to the eight tracks. Eight tracks tell you, hey, you know what? Go find a good deal. Money will flow to it. Go get good credit. Go put your down payment with the traditional lender. I did all that. And so I was fortunately successful. A lot of it luck because I didn't know what I was doing. And I just know buy low, sell high. So I started out my business as rehabbing, buying, fixing, and flipping properties. And I still do that today. In fact, I was looking at my spreadsheet today. We have 32 properties under rehab right now. Wow. And so that is kind of my bread and butter. But I soon learned that I was missing a lot of opportunities because if, when you're a fix and flipper, that you abide by a certain type of criteria. Number one is affordability. And then you have your areas of where you want to buy properties. Then you want at least three bedroom, one bath, you know. So you have a certain criteria where you frame your business around. But if I had a property that was in a condo that was just a studio as a rehab or a fix and flipper, that's something I would pass on because that's not in my wheelhouse. I'm focused in a bedroom community. But why pass on it when it makes a lot of number sense? So then I started picking up wholesaling back in 1997. And I learned everything inside and out about wholesaling. And so now when it doesn't fit my criteria, I flip the contract to somebody else and I cherry pick the ones that I do want to rehab. And then I said, wait a minute here. What about those properties that lack equity? What if they only have 20%, 10%, no equity in the property? What if they're upside down in equity? Is there anything that we can do with those? Because people would just short sell those right. or just hang on to them and struggle. Well, then that's when I stepped into purchase options and I really started focusing my efforts on subject to financing, sandwich leases, sandwich subject to contract for deeds, land installment contracts. So what I've really done back in the 90s was build a business really surrounding, you know, buy and sell strategies. If it's got a lot of equity, great, let's rehab it as long as it's a property that I know I can resell quickly. If it's a property that I know that I can't resell quickly, but it has equity and it may be in a neighborhood that I don't want, let's wholesale it. And then if it's something that lacks equity, great. I can still flip the contract and make some money off of it. So now what I was able to do by wholesaling and by purchase options is eliminate the lender. 
whether it's a private money, hard money, or conventional lender, and boosted my ROI is what ended up happening. It was all about buy and sell, but there's a point. Hey, you know, you can't be wealthy buying and selling property. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. It's a great vehicle to create cash. So then we start parlaying that money over the buy and hold side and doing the rentals starting back in 1999. So, so what do you, you focus on when it comes to buy and hold? What, what kind of properties are you guys... Single family homes, multifamilies, but but everything. What do you yes, think? I'm not your commercial investor with industrial properties or hotels and things like that. Uh, I'm residential, strictly residential. So yeah, by far, it's like playing Monopoly if you guys have ever played. You buy the cheap properties first, the cheap properties that make dollar sense with a good exit strategy. And those are typically houses, right? They're stepping stones to get to the multifamily, to get to the sixplex, to get to the 12 units, to get to the 100 units. And so we deal with houses from single family all the way to large apartment complexes. But most of our investors buy houses because they're easy stepping stones and also offer the best exit strategies. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Well, I mean, you've got a very well-rounded base of experience, that's for sure. And it sounds like, yeah, you've got, you've got all the, the different pieces going. So you're based in Southern California. I am. Nowadays, I mean, if you got 30 some flips on the go, probably not in California. I could be wrong. Are you still doing this at a distance all over the country? Yeah. So I am doing it. I've got a service called Remote Rehabs and we're the second oldest company in California to our research, providing turnkey rentals in different states. And so I'm kind of like a slow nomad. We find undervalued markets that have the potential to become a robust market that has the history of good resale and appreciation. So a lot of investors are always at, well, most investors are always after cash flow, right? That's the, yeah. the kind of the golden word there. I want cash flow. But I don't invest in areas just for cash flow. I can find that anywhere. I can find cheap properties that cash flow anywhere. For me and my clients, I want to make sure that we get the most bang for our buck. And so I seek out undervalued markets that have the potential to grow. And with that, we find properties and markets that are not only undervalued, but have you know a double digit cash on cash return for rentals. And then also offers appreciation because when you put the ingredients of cash flow, appreciation, tax benefits, that's the combination needed to build wealth. And so I only focus on those type of markets. And yes, right now we've got certain markets across the states and here in California where we've got those properties that are being rehabbed. California, we strictly just fix and flip or wholesale. We don't do any rentals here right now whatsoever. When the market crashes, we'll come back. Yeah, it makes sense. Very, very interesting. So sounds like you're doing a lot of stuff right. Did you have any major learning experiences along the route or is it just been a straight up trajectory? Well, you know, it's funny that you say a straight up trajectory because 1994, when I started this business, we were just coming out of a recession, right? Here in the States. And then in 1995 is when I did my first flip. So from, gosh, from 1995 to 2007, I was like the world's best real estate investor. Then 2008 rolled around. <laughs> and so that trajectory went whoop, like that. Well, you know what? I did a lot of properties from that time of 95 to 2007. And I was doing extremely well and really built up the business. 2008, I don't care who you were in real estate. If the phone rang, it was either for someone to complain or it, you, know, you hear crickets in the office. But 2009, me and a couple of buddies reinvented ourselves and we actually flipped more properties from 2009 to 2014 than we did from 1995 to 2007. And so, yes, the learning lessons, 
in real estate, there's several, but I'll just pick out maybe one or two big ones for me. And number one is being able to adapt to any market at any time. I run real estate clubs, or I used to. I retired them three years ago. And our clubs ran for 16 years. And I had three different clubs in Southern California, one in Scottsdale, Arizona. And when 2008 rolled around, we had a total of 123 real estate clubs in Southern California. It dropped down to nine, and I own two of them. Wow. So the question is, where did everybody go? See, they were very linear in their marketing or real estate marketing strategies, marketing, not just for advertisement, but to be able to extract off market deals and, or maybe just very linear in their strategies. And and many people back then were just selling pre-construction. But for me and a couple of others in Southern California that were able to continue in business is because we knew how to adapt to the market like a Navy SEAL. You know, we understand our market, we understand the perimeter of our markets, we understand the strategies, and when the market shifts, whether it's good or bad, we know how to quickly adapt. And so I found that many made the mistake not knowing how to adapt to the market. And for me, that was a learning lesson, uh, not so much in real estate, but in another business I had had. I I'm not going to say I was lazy with it because I wasn't, but I wasn't prepared to adapt. And so that business tanked when the recession hit. And so for everybody listening today, you don't need to be, you know, a master in one niche. You, I say master one niche, and when you've mastered it, add on another master's degree in that real estate niche because you don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And you don't want to spread yourself too thin. But if you're out there wholesaling or fixing and flipping, or maybe you're on the buy and hold side, great. Master that niche, but then master another niche that would complement it, but also contrast it. So that way, when the market shifts, you're prepared to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there and also prepared to take care of what you've already built up. So just out of curiosity, when when the you-know-what hit the fan and you got what what strategy did you move into or how yeah. did you tweak things to? Okay. So, so the nineties all the way up to the early two thousands was a lot of flipping and wholesaling strategies. Right. 2002 to 2007 were more of the providing investment opportunities, to buy and hold investors like we're doing today. 2008, 2009 rolled around. We went right back to wholesaling, but wholesaling in different ways. Uh, We did a lot of auction properties where we became an auction bidding service, provided investment opportunities really to the custom home builders that were no longer building custom homes. So they went back to their grassroots and started fixing small single families and reselling them to first-time home buyers. Uh, The second thing was knowing purchase options, knowing because you have a lot of people that properties from 2003 to 2007, but they didn't have any equity in their properties. And then the values dropped. So then they were upside down. So your real estate agents say, we'll short sale or do a deed in lieu or just foreclose. And those are poor, poor strategies. They, there is a time and place to do that. But if I can help that investor or home buyer turn that around by offering forbearance plans and offering some sort of creative structure like a subject to or sandwich lease option, take a negative to a positive, then it saved their credit and allowed them to go rent a house or an apartment to their standards. Because if they let that slip into foreclosure and lose their whole portfolio, then they're kind of stuck and they're renting 
something that they don't want to rent. They can't get a credit card. They can't travel because they need a credit card. You know, they're, they're screwed basically. Yeah. So the purchase options of subject to financing, lease options, contract for deeds, that really came into play. And to be honest with you, Dave, the only way I can really build up my rental portfolio is two ways. I either pay all cash or I focus in acquiring properties from homeowners and investors using these creative financing strategies. And I don't know about you, but I would rather keep my cash liquid and write off of someone else's debt, but own the asset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Sensei, time flies when we're having fun. <laughs> people want to find out more about you and, and connect, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you can just Google my name, Google Black Belt Investors. Go to blackbeltinvestors.com to learn more about my company. But if you're interested in investment properties, go to remoterehabs.com and uh, you can view kind of live transactions, what we're doing right now. Awesome. Good stuff. Thank you very much. It's been great uh, hearing your story and Congratulations on everything that you've accomplished. I appreciate it, Dave. Hey, would your listeners be interested in a free gift? I think they love free stuff. <laughs> Who doesn't? I, I still do. <laughs> where, you know, they, they like the free stuff for sure. Well, that's, I think that's worldwide. Hey, <laughs> if you guys are interested, I offer a one-time free consultation, 30 minutes, whatever you want to talk about. I'm great when it comes to finances and romances, but anything beyond that, forget about it. Two, if you're interested in an ROI calculator, send us an email. And let us know that you're coming from Dave and we will get you up that calculator to where you can start plugging in numbers and figuring out if it's a good fix and flip or a good rental for you. Sounds good. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Take care and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.